Well, I want to jump into the Word of God today. If you'll turn with me to Psalm chapter 23, Psalm chapter 23, a very well-known psalm. Um, many of us, many of you probably have this memorized. It's um, one of those psalms that's just uh, historically well-known. And today we're going to look through the Psalm 23 and just pick out a few special points. I love the fact that the Word of God is um, it's alive. And no matter how many times we've read or studied something, that we can read it again and God can just continue to bring revelation to us. He can continue to speak to us through his word. And, and I pray and hope that that's what, um, what happens today. Today I'm going to be reading the Psalm 23 from the uh, King, New King James Version. If you have it there on your, you have your Bible or you have your um, iPad or phone or whatever, just, uh, just read along. Shall we read? It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, forever. Amen? What well, a scripture just filled with promises, but I think filled with some insights that are going to help us to grow, to become healthy, to live the life that God created us to live today. You know, when I um, first, uh, what kind of got me thinking about the scripture was um, was the fact that uh, when I went to Israel just a few weeks ago, I saw um, I, one thing is I saw these these shepherds walking along the, these these hillsides, mountainsides, and saw all of the um, the sheep following along. One place in time, we there was a whole herd of sheep that were just uh, just walking along the side of the road, following the shepherd. And so verse one here says, "The Lord." is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. We know in the New Testament, Jesus describes himself as the shepherd. He, uh, he's the one that uh, says that he knows his sheep and his sheep know his voice. But, but some people may not realize that a lot of shepherds in the scriptures, a lot of shepherds in history, and even today, a lot of shepherds are ladies. They're women. We, uh, we read about it many, a couple different times in the, New or in the Old Testament where the, um, the shepherd, the, the girls, the ladies were out shepherding, and, um, and they would be watching over the flocks. They would be caring for the flocks. And, and so um, I think that one of the things we see here is the care that comes out, kind of that motherly care for the flock that we see here. But the scripture goes on and says that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, I looked that word up, and that word want... Maybe it's not the best translation. I think a better word would be that I shall not lack. Can I, can I tell you today that God's purpose, that God's intention for his children, for his kids, for his sheep, for his flock, is that there be no lack in our lives. I mean, that's God's intention for you today, is that there's absolutely no lack. In the New Testament, in Philippians chapter 4, Verse 19, it says that God shall supply all of my need. 
Somebody say that this morning. All of my need. Come on, together. All of my need, right? That God supplies all of our needs so that we are a people who don't ever have any lack. In Psalms 34, it says this. It says, those who seek the Lord, those that seek the Lord, they shall lack no good thing. God's purpose, God's intention for your life and for my life is that we have lives that are filled, that have no lack, that have abundance in our lives, that have an overflow. Some of you know that scripture in John chapter 10, verse 10, where it says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it how? Have it abundantly, right? Have an overflow of life, not just enough to sustain us, but more than enough. God wants to bless us. He wants to bless, uh, he wants to fill our lives. He wants to have an overflow in our lives so we can be a blessing to others. And then verse 2 goes on, it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. I um, tried, I was going to try and have some pictures here and I didn't do a very good job of of, uh, sending them to our tech team. They were kind of all fuzzy and distorted. I didn't send them in the right thing. But but one of the, the things that I found out while in Israel When you think about, he makes me to lie down in green pastures, how many people see this picture? You see a picture of grass that's maybe about a foot tall, and it's real dark green, and it's wavy, and you've got these sheep that are all fat and woolly, you know, and they're kind of laying down on the side, and they're just eating the grass. Does anybody anybody see that when you see, you know, makes me to lie down in green pastures? I was surprised, actually shocked to see that the green pastures that were being talked about were riding along the the countryside and all of a sudden people are pointing out and said, look, look, there's the shepherds leading their sheep through the green pastures. Well, their green pastures look like brown rocky mountains to me. (laughs) And what they pointed out was that the shepherds would lead the sheep to the places where the dew had settled on the mountain. And, and this is a whole nother teaching, but, but the, the difference, sometimes, you know, we pray for the rain and we want the flood of God in our lives. After being in Israel, I find it really difficult to pray for floods anymore. <laughs> floods come down through the mountains, they wash out roads, they destroy bridges, they tumble rocks along. But you know what it is that sustains life? It's the daily dew that settles upon the mountains. And that dew gathers on top of the rocks, and it sinks down, it creeps down along the edge of the rocks. And that moisture forms along the edge of the rocks. And along the edge of those rocks where that moisture settles into the ground is where the, is where the grass grows. And so time after time, what we would see is we would see these sheep going across these brown, rocky, barren deserts, and they would nudge the rocks out of the way so that they could eat in the green meadows. I think one of the things there that the the Lord wants to um, kind of reveal to us is to to show us that that God may lead us into places, to difficult places, to barren places, but there will always be provision. He'll always have some place for us to eat. He'll have something for us to eat of. The scripture goes on and says this. It says, he leads me beside the still waters. Again, I think maybe a better translation here is that he leads me beside the waters. Literally, it means this in the Hebrew, the waters of rest, the waters of rest. 
You know, I, I know it's Mother's Day, and so talking about rest on Mother's Day may be quite a paradox, right? <laughs> I think mothers go from sunup to sundown. They're up before sunup many times. They're up during the middle of the night taking care of the children, doing all the types of the things that have to be done. I think we live in a world that not just for moms, but for many people, is a world that's lacking rest. I think sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. Yes. Hallelujah. You have my permission today. <laughs> you have my permission today to go home and to enjoy a good meal and take a great nap. How many people like Sunday afternoon naps? Anybody here? Man, I'm telling you, Sunday after, if you're not taking Sunday afternoon naps, you are missing God. Um, I'm telling you, you know, turn the uh, golf on or the race on, and man, you should be able to sleep, sleep really well. But we, li we live here, I, I think, in a world that lacks rest. Uh, one of the things, and we talk about it, we've talked about it, about the, about the Sabbath. When I was in uh, Jerusalem just a few weeks ago, the, one of the things that amazed me was on the Sabbath. Now, their Sabbath starts on Friday evening and runs till Saturday evening. But can I tell you that, that when Sabbath comes, everything shuts down. The bus lines shut down, the, the train line shuts down, the taxis, only a very few uh, taxis are available, the stores are shut, are shut. Even the national airline allow, will, will not fly, will not depart, will not leave on the Sabbath. One, uh, one Saturday afternoon, uh, the family that I was staying with, they were going, we were going to, took a ride and we went downtown, and then literally the streets were bare, they were vacant. Because people were honoring the Sabbath. They were taking time to say, God, we recognize that we need rest in our lives. You know, when God created man, he created man on the sixth day. Amen. Everybody know that? You all read your Bibles? Okay. That's all. It's in the Bible. Read it. You can see it for yourself. Okay. Then in Genesis, God creates all of these things, and then he comes on the sixth day, and he creates man. And when he finishes creating man, he says, it is good. It's good that there's man, that there's woman, that, that have got this, this, this creation, this beautiful creation. And then it says that on the seventh day, God rested. I don't know about you, but I think, does God need rest? He really doesn't. Do you know what I think he did? I think he rested to show a principle to man because if man was created on the sixth day, then God rested on the seventh day, then man's first day of existence, his first full day of existence would have been a day of rest. You know what I think happens in our lives? We get so busy and we run, 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 run. I've said this before. One of my pet peeves, and I had to apologize to Yvette this week, I uh, drove the Jeep and coming home from meeting uh, late one night, and I noticed that the, uh, the gas gauge was getting close, uh, close to the quarter tank. I believe that when the gas gauge is on a quarter tank, that means stop and fill up the tank. Amen? So I kept swerving the, you know, the Jeep back and forth and getting the gas to bounce so the needle would go higher and pretending like it wasn't on a quarter tank. She came home and said, I had to stop and get gas. I'm so sorry, babe. I don't mean to have you uh, do that. But can I tell you that so many times we live our lives like that. We run until we're exhausted, until we're, we're running on fumes, 
And then we go and we get a dollar's worth and we wonder how come we're always struggling. And that's not how God created us to live. As a matter of fact, you know what he wants? He wants us to be filled up with rest and then spend a little bit out through the week, give out, pour out, and then come back and rest again. The family that I was with, the Mott family, they, um, I asked them, I said, well, well what do you do on, on the Sabbath? And they go, we don't do anything. We, Friday night, and I love this, they said, what we do is, is we have a Sabbath meal. And during that Sabbath meal, I was really impressed with this, that, that the whole family gathers around the table, and the dad, he uh, takes time and he intentionally prays blessings over the children, and blessings over the wife, his wife, and mom, the mom there. They, they bless the Lord. They thank the Lord for all of his goodness. And then, you know what they do? They eat the best meal that they've had all week. They make this stuff called challah bread. Has anybody ever had challah bread? Ooh, I mean, it'll make you shout. I'm telling you, it's challah bread. So it's, um, man, <clears throat> it's a special, you know, you, 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 I'm just telling you, it's delicious. And then they have the best, the best drink of the week. They, they talk about the best things that took place during the week. They, they, they get refreshed. It's a time of refreshing. It's a time when they, they just enjoy this period of rest. Can I tell you, I, I think that God wants to do a refreshing in his people today. Uh, moms, I want to tell you today, I believe very, very specifically by the word of the Lord that God wants us to come and and to be refreshed, to drink the best drink. You know, in John, Jesus says, I am, right? He, he talks about, I'm the, I am the drink that if whoever drinks of me will never be thirsty again, and I will give him a drink, and I will become to him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. You know that? These waters of rest. I, I want to empower us today to be people who walk at a pace, who have enough uh, margin in our lives where we can enjoy some times and some periods of rest. Because God wants to pour refreshing into our lives today. The scripture goes on and says there, it says, He not only leads me beside the still waters, the waters of rest, but he restores my soul. I, I want to camp right here just for a minute if we can, because... One of the things that I, I think we see in our world today is, is we see people who are just depleted in their soul. Uh, you know, we're made up of, 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 of spirit, soul, and body. The, 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 the spirit we understand, we have a human spirit, and then we have the spirit of God that comes and, and makes us alive, makes us spiritually alive. We have a, a soul that's our mind, our will, and emotions, and our bodies that, that kind of house the this temple that carries it all along. I, I think back to about a year ago, about a year ago uh, this month, I, I was in a very, um, just a depleted situation. Now, I, at first I didn't know it. You know, I, people were coming, Yvette was coming up to me and going, hey, babe, hey, are you okay? And I was going, yeah, I'm great, I'm great. And Chris and others are coming, hey, you doing, are you all right? Are you doing okay? How many people, you know, when start to get the hint, when people go, are you sure you're okay? Are you really okay? Are you, are you, <laughs> I'm going, man, you go, wait a minute, maybe I'm not okay. And, and a lot of times I think 
we get to places in our lives where, where we want to be okay, and we pretend to be okay, and we suck it up, you know, and we put on our best front, and we go, yeah, I'm doing okay, I'm doing fine, but really there's something lacking in our lives. Now, now I, I, during, for me during this time, um, I was praying, I, I was having great times, the Lord was bringing revelation, I felt uh, there was an anointing, that God was doing stuff as his ministry was happening, but there was still something that was lacking. My soul was in need. Um, Yvette made me go to the doctor. How many husbands have ever been made to go to the doctor? Okay, nobody, you're right, made to go to the doctor, you know, get, feel that little child thing. No, your mom, your wife is sending you to the doctor. <laughs> And come to find out, there were some things going on. Physically, there were some things. There was some vitamin D that was depleted. I was a little bit dehydrated. I'm sorry, Miss Dorothy. She preaches water, water, agua, agua. You got to have water, right? Drink, drink water. But can I tell you that if we get depleted in any area of our life, it will impact every area of our life. We, we, we can be, like I said, we can be doing, and this doesn't mean you're not saved. It doesn't, you, can, you can be saved. You can be reading your Bible. You can be praying. You can be praying in the Spirit. You can be memorizing Scripture. You can be doing all kinds of great things and still need a restoration, need a touch in your soul. And today, I believe that there are people here. You love Jesus. Jesus loves you. Your, your, your things are going well spiritually, and, and, and you, you, you want to serve the Lord. You want to do all the things that God wants you to do. But there's something that just seems like it's lacking. There, there's something that's, that we're not, we're not hitting on all cylinders. You know what I mean? We're, there's something that just is keeping us from, from experiencing the joy and from walking in the vibrancy that God has created us to walk in. I believe that our soul needs a refreshing. I, I believe that there's people here today that there's been things that you've been carrying around in your minds, thoughts and, and concerns and cares and worries and fears. And if you haven't figured it out by now, God has got a message for you to do not fear today. Amen? He makes us brave. He, he, overcome, he gives us the power to overcome fear through his, through his great love, and we'll talk more about that. But I'm here to tell you today that God wants to do a refreshing in your soul. He wants to do a refreshing in your mind. Anybody ever thought, man, I know I love Jesus, but I am just mentally exhausted. I don't want to have to think one more thought, plan one more thing, do one more event, answer one more phone call, work on one more exam or test or whatever it is. It doesn't mean that there's a spiritual problem. It might mean there's a problem with our soul and our, and our emotions. I, I honestly feel like the Lord very specifically said that there would be people here today that are just running on E when it comes to emotions. You've been putting one foot in front of the other. You've been getting up and going to work and, and, and doing the things that you need to do as a, as a, as a mom or a dad or a, or, or a student. And, 
and you've just been going through the motions, but, but there's something, there's dryness in your emotions, there's weariness in your emotions, there's, there's, there's something that's just lacking there. And, what, and, and where I found myself last year was that what I would normally do with zeal and joy, and, and it would only take a limited amount of time, it felt like it was taking twice as long to do, it was taking twice as much emotion, I mean, twice as much energy. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Man, it's like I'm just, I'm laboring, and I'm, it's like I'm walking in, in muck and mire, and, and I know I love Jesus, and I know he loves me, and I know he's my father, and I know he's, I'm his child, I'm his son, but, but something's lacking, and, and can I tell you today that, that the Bible tells us very clearly here that he is the one who restores our soul. He's the one that restores joy. And God's speaking. He's been speaking to me about this. In a few weeks, we're going to start a series called Cultivate. And we're going to talk about cultivating the work of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And one of those fruit is, is joy. And can I tell you that there needs to be, if the joy of the Lord is our strength, how many people think we need a revival of joy? Amen? Yes. Yes. Growing up, Danny's dad, Danny, who was here last week, Brother Tice used to always say that. He said, if um, he goes, for most Christians, if the joy of the Lord is their strength, they don't have enough power to blow the fuzz off a peanut. <laughs> You'll get that, right? <laughs> but can I tell you, God wants to do a work of restoration. God wants to do a work of refreshing in our lives. He says he will restore our soul for those frazzled emotions you know what happens when our emotions get frazzled? We have, um, we have reactions to things that don't, act, that don't equal the events. We, we have somebody cuts us off in traffic, and we're wanting to run over them, right? Uh, our, uh, he wants to restore your soul. <laughs> All right, I confess. That's me. Right? So we, we, we have, you know, our, our spouse leaves a dish where it shouldn't be, and man, we're ready to throw the dish across the room. Our, our child, you know, acts, listen to this, our child acts like a child, and our world is falling apart. How dare them act like a child? When our emotions are frazzled, when our soul's out of order, when, when, when we're not walking in the restoration, the fullness, the, 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 all the, the health, the wholeness that God has for us, then there's going to be responses and reactions that don't equal the events of our lives. And it's going to drain us, and it's going to weary us, and it's going to dry us out. And so I'm telling you today that the Holy Spirit is drawing you. The Holy Spirit is reaching out to you moms and and dads and sons and daughters today. The Holy Spirit is reaching out and he's saying, I want you to come. I want you to come and, and just come close. Come and sit down in those, in those grasses and, and, and come and sit by this, this, this water of rest and let me restore. Let me restore your mind so that you don't act like a crazy person. <laughs> Let me restore your emotions 
Let me give you the ability to live out of a will that's being transformed by the work of the Spirit in our lives. Amen? That, that, it, it all works together. The Holy Spirit comes in and orders and refreshes and fills and fuels our soul so that we can live out the purpose of God in our lives. I love this scripture, Psalm 131, verse 2. It says, But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. The picture I see there is, is a child that's, that's been maybe fallen down and, and scraped their knee or they've hurt themselves or they're, or they're wanting. Our kids used to say, we want juice, juice, right? Milk, milk, right? And they come and they climb up in their mother's lap and they're, they're nurtured and they're comforted. And, and all of a sudden, those things that were so disturbing and so just life, you know, they were dominating life. Now there's a restoration that comes into our lives. God goes on and he says this, and he says, He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Can I tell you this? God never intends us to build a fort, build a house in the shadow of the, in the valley. Amen? He says, go through the valley of the shadow of death. Go, go through it. And I think another good thing, I don't remember exactly where I read this, but it said, for there to be shadows, there has to be light. Sometimes we need to quit looking at the shadows, quit looking at the reflections, and we need to look to the light. We need to look to the one who's, who is there with us. And I love that he goes on and he says, I'm going to walk through these things. Your light is going to be with me, and I will fear no evil. Amen. Did we just sing the words today, or did we make it a prophetic declaration out of our lives? That you make me brave. You won't let fear run my life. Why? Because of your perfect love. Your perfect love. And he goes on and he says, you are with me. Can I tell you that on the worst of days, God doesn't bail on you. He is with you. He's with you in the valley and he's with you on the mountaintop. He's with you in the, in, in the meadows and he's with you by the by those waters of rest, he never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He never turns his back on you. I love how the scripture goes on. It says this, your rod, your, your rod. I am um, uh, for years. I thought, oh, I know what a rod is. You know, it's that, it's that stick. They have a, a big straight stick and that's the rod. And then they have this shepherd's staff. It's the thing with the hook on it, you know, and I looked up the scripture. You know what the rod means? It does. It means a shaft, a club, a spear. But it goes on and says this. You know what else a rod is? It says it's a clan or a tribe. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Can I tell you that there's times in our lives when we're, when we're weary, when we're worn out, when we're exhausted, that, that the temptation, now maybe this is just me, but the temptation is the last thing I want to do is get around people. We start pushing back. We start isolating ourselves. We, we start saying, man, I, I just, I, I had such a busy day yesterday. All kinds of stuff went on. I'm tired. I need to be alone. Can I tell you that the last thing you need to be is alone? God says here, he says, you know what? Sometimes what I do is 
I take my stick and I bring you back to the herd. I bring you back to the flock. He, God, God will take his, his rod and he will pull us back to the tribe. A few weeks ago, Roger talked about that, did an amazing job talking about being a part of a, of a tribe and how important it is. And, and can I tell you, there's times when God's going to work in your life through the people that are sitting beside you. There's times when, when, when what we want to do is we want to we run, we want to isolate, we want to we push people back. We want to keep them at arm's distance. And what God does is he takes that big stick and he pushes our arms down so we can step close to each other. I, I'm encouraging you, listen. If you'll, if, you'll, if you'll just listen this morning. If you've got something in you that's been pulling you to separate yourself maybe from the body of Christ. Separate yourself from people that love you, from people who love you enough to speak truth to you. I love that scripture where it says, better the kisses, of, better the wounds of a friend than the kisses of an enemy, amen? The modern translation is this, better is somebody who'll tell you that your zipper's down than somebody who just doesn't care if it all hangs out, right? So, so. Let God draw you in. Your rod and your staff, your shepherd's staff, it comforts me. He pulls us in. I believe he's pulling some people in today. He's pulling some people close to himself. He goes on, he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You pull me into love. You pull me into fellowship. You pull me into a time of togetherness and and today, I know how many people are going to plan on going to have some meals with mom, right? I hope we have a great lunch with mom today. And, and, and don't, listen, don't just eat food. Don't, don't just eat food. Enjoy fellowship. Don't just eat food, but, but take the time to, to really communicate, to, to, to draw close, to let your guard down. To eradicate your hurts and let love flow because that table that's prepared before me in the presence of my enemies, then God will anoint our heads with oil. You know what the word anoint means? I like this. It means to be fat. Thank you, God. I'm not making, I'm not make, I'm not making this up, right? To be fat, to grow fat, to become fat. Hallelujah. To uh, anybody ready for lunch? All right, yeah. Anoint us with food today, Lord, right? To, to become prosperous. But can I tell you what it also means? It means to take away the ashes. One of the practices in the Old Testament was that when people went through difficulties and troubles and trials and sickness, Maybe some bad thing had happened. You see it time and time again where they tear the robes and they, they throw ashes up in the air and the ash comes and falls upon them. And it, and it shows that they're in mourning and they're weeping and they're, they're, they're lamenting and, and that they're, they're maybe they're just, their lives are covered with shame. And can I tell you what the Lord does? He comes in in the midst of the times when we've blown it 
when we've, when we've run out of emotional, we've run out of, of, of the soul, the energy, we've, we've, we've run out of strength in ourselves, and maybe we've blown it. Anybody ever blown it? Everybody just got to the end of your ability and just blown it. You bunch of liars, right? There's a high, it's a high, we go. There we go. So we, we've all blown it, haven't we? We've all blown it. And when we've blown it, you know what? Jesus doesn't, listen, he doesn't back up. He steps in. He steps in and he comes and he, he takes us from where we're at in that ash heap and he comes and he lifts us and he begins to wipe the shame and the guilt and, and the disappointment away from us. And he begins to cover us and cleanse us and he anoints us, he feeds us, he, he makes us fat with his presence, he makes us overflowing, he has, there's an overflow he pours into our lives because he loves us. And his desire isn't that we'd be depleted, it's that our cup would run over. The literal, literal word for that in the Hebrew is saturation. Saturation. My cup runs over. You know why we have saturation times here? It's not so we can just get an ounce or just have a, it's so that we can be full and overflowing. I want to be so saturated with the presence of the Lord that whenever people bump into me, whenever people squeeze me, anybody get squeezed, you know? When, when people step on our last nerve, that what comes out is not a depleted result of a depleted soul. What comes out is not anger and angst and pain and frustration. What comes out is not our willingness to give that last piece of our mind that we really desperately need to keep. <laughs> but what comes out is an overflow of the presence of God. That what comes out of my life when somebody runs into me and squeezes me, what comes out is, is grace. That what comes out is mercy. That what comes out is, is love. That what comes out is patience. That what comes out, even when things don't go my way, that what comes out is the joy of the Lord. Amen? And when that happens, when our cup runs over, then surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Goodness, pleasant things, good things, rich things, better things, glad things, happy things, prosperous things. Those things will flood my life. Mercy, mercy, goodness and mercy. The loving kindness of God will follow. We did a study on this years ago that, that literally that word follow means to chase us down. Look it up. It says that it will dog you. It will be like a dog nipping at your heels that the goodness and the mercy of God is pursuing you. And can I tell you today that the goodness of God the mercy of God, the love of God, the, 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 the restoring, comforting presence of God is, is chasing after you and drawing you to come. Come and let me fill you. Let me flood you so that all the days of your life you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and forever. You know, John chapter 10 says it like this. says, I am the good shepherd 
The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd, verse 14 says. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. My father knows, even as the father knows me, I know the father and I lay my life down for the sheep. Can I tell you what Jesus is? He's the good shepherd. He's the living water. He's the restorer. He's the one who brings righteousness to our soul. He's the light of the world. He's the love that destroys all fear. Perfect love drives out fear. He's the one who is always present. He's the comforter. He's the bread of life. And today he's the one who wants to anoint your life with goodness and mercy. He wants to do a work of restoration in you today.